This is a tribute to all the persistent jugglers all around the world who do not get paid for the work that they do. This is a poem by Dr. Dini to you. Have a happy listening experience. Too much to do, so little time. This has soon become a mother's rhyme. Day in, day out, the tasks don't end. Going into the night when everyone's in bed. So the pressure has cost you to grow extra hands. All the balls are in the air and they don't get to land. Now you are a persistent juggler. The world is your circus. Little wonder why stress and exhaustion affects the best of us. I am Dr. Duny. I'm the award-winning mom empowerment coach. I'm a family doctor, international speaker, and the best-selling author of the book, Every Mom is a Supermom, and your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. I absolutely love the fact that you are here to hear and join me on this show where we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Motherhood is beautiful, but we do have challenges that we face, one of them being juggling. There's so many things to do and we are expected to do them all, not just for ourselves, but for all the people that depend on us. Most importantly, our children, maybe our spouse, our family members, our friends, people at work, our business associates, our clients, and the list goes on. So how do we ensure that we don't get stressed, exhausted, and burnt out? And how do we ensure that we're empowering ourselves with well-being tactics and tips to improve our mind, body, soul, and spirit well-being as we go about our daily tasks. That's the reason why we're on this show. So do not forget to subscribe, to like, to download this episode, and to share with others as well. Today, we're going to be talking about juggling. I know what it's like to juggle. <laughs> I've become so proficient at that because when you have children and you're working, and you're maybe running a business as well, you have to have a certain level of juggling included in your repertoire. So when I introduced myself at the beginning, people say, wow, that's a lot. Is that all you do? And I'm like, no, no, there's lots more. I didn't tell you I'm a lecturer as well. And I didn't tell you that I'm also involved in supporting schools when it comes to uh, careers. I did also tell you that I'm also involved with supporting mothers in a charity. You know, there's so many things that we do. And by the time we list them all, we wonder how do we get to do them? But I'm gonna share with you some of the things that I did and some of the things that I do. I remember when I was in high school, getting into university, getting ready to go into university, I had a very simple life. I woke up, got ready, got dropped off at school, finished school, came back home. It was a very simple life. So by the time I got into university, I thought to myself, I have to change this because life is not like get up, go to one place and come back. Especially as a woman, you will be responsible for so many things that are not just one thing. So when I got into university, I decided to be a bit more adventurous. I remember uh, I, I, when I got in, I started being involved with so many things. And my mother used to wonder, Duny, I sent you to school to study. What is all this club and society and this you are doing? I said, mommy, I'm preparing myself for the future. Because 
yes, I'm going to be a doctor, but I'm not just going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a wife, a mother, uh, a sister to my siblings, a daughter to you, a person in my community, my church. So, so many things I'm going to be all at one time. So I can build myself with the skills to manage my time and my resources. And how do I do that? I have to do that right now and teach myself how to develop these qualities. And so my mother, who is very, very um, pro face your work and study your book, was very understanding and supported me in all the things I did. So when I was in university, yes, I was a medical student, but I was a member of the Senate. I was also a member of the council. And then I became a committee member for the anniversary of my medical school. And then I became a member of um, the editorial board, Dokita. And then I went ahead and became uh, a lay reader at church. And then I became, so I was doing all these things. And then I also joined the choir. <laughs> so you can imagine, I was doing all these things and people were wondering, wow, how are you doing all this? But that taught me because at that point, I did not have any responsibility of children, and I was able to understand what my body was saying. There are sometimes my body was telling me, you are tired, don't do that. Or exams are coming, you need, there's extra stress coming in terms of say the exams. And I needed to rearrange things. I needed to learn how to um, focus on the things that only me could do and also delegate to people who would be able to help me. And with that, I was able to complete my medical education. It was six years <laughs> medical school and become a doctor. And in my years, and I used to tell my students even now, I, in my years medical school, we had little or no holidays. Not like the modern day where, oh, a summer holiday. Yeah, we're going on summer. Nothing like that. We were stick your head, put it on the grindstone and keep going. And while that training was really hard, I'm thankful for it. But some of the things I learned, of course, learning how to multitask really prepared me for the kind of life that I have right now. And you might be saying, oh, okay, good for you, Dr. Duny. I didn't have the opportunity to prepare myself, but it's never too late. So bear with me as I go through some of the principles that I work with when it comes to getting that. Um, ability to deal with or handle the tasks that the many tasks that we have there is this beautiful quote by Stephen Covey he says we do not prioritize our schedule we schedule our priorities it is such a simple yet powerful quote and that's one thing i kind of took in with me you see all of us have got things to do and left to our devices, we will have a mountain list of to-dos. But when we are able to look at all the things to do and we're able to pick our priorities there, then we'll be able to know what to do and when, okay? So clarity is so important. What are your tasks? And in, I'm going to share with you the well-being planner that I use for myself and I'm going to be sharing just so that you can have access to it. What I do with that is helps with my productivity and it helps with my well-being. The night before, I write down all the things I need to do. 
whether it is drive, drop the children off at school, drive to this place, buy some of the uh, food stuff required at this shop and then go to the next shop. I break it down, all those tasks, I write them. So the space where I have to write all the things, it looks plenty and I almost fill them up sometimes, but sometimes I don't. That is a brain dump and I do it the night before. Do you know why? Because when you do it the night before, you take all those stresses that you could have been thinking about and dreaming about and worrying about and you dump them so that you can have a good night's sleep. Then in the morning, I do uh, very quick and it's very quick. Sometimes it takes 10 minutes, sometimes less. Uh, and what I do is that I look at the tasks that I've dumped. If I have any other ones that popped up during the night, I add them to the list. But then on that list, I look at the things that only me can do. Okay. So what are those things that it's only me that can do them? The ones that only me can do, I put a little dot. The ones that I can delegate, I put a D to delegate and I put who I'm delegating it to. So those things get off my list of things to sort out. Then as I'm looking through that list, there are some tasks that are similar. For example, if I were going to drop the children at school, I need to drive there. But if I was going to go to the shops, I could choose to, depending of course on the location of the shop, I could choose to buy the food stuff in a particular shop and then buy some clothing stuff in a particular shop. In that kind of scenario, I'm still buying. I might still need to drive, especially if I'm buying a lot. I don't think dragging a trolley bag along might be the best thing because I might not have enough capacity. I might need maybe three or four trolley bags to do a shopping if it was a massive shopping. So because of that, I could batch together my similar tasks. So that's the second thing you can do, batching together your tasks. I'm going to the shops to buy clothes. I'm going to the shops to buy um, food stuff. And I can decide, okay, let me put them in the, the, in the similar geographical area. Another way you can batch similar tasks is not just what you are doing, but where you are doing it. So you can use a geographical area to batch things together. So you're not going back and forth. Okay. What happens with that is that when you batch things together, they are the things that you can do about the same time or put together to do later. Okay. That's the second thing you will be doing with that list. The third thing which I use, and this will go in more detail when I describe how the planner is used in a different video, I have priority numbers, priority one, priority two, priority three. Priority one things are things that are, oh my goodness, I have to do them now. They are so important. They're important, but then now they are really urgent. I need to get them done. Okay. So most of the time you want to get them sorted. Then there are some things that you, you, it would be nice for you to do them. And those are the priority three things. Okay. So once you've put the numbers there, you kind of know these things are so important, but maybe they're not as urgent, but there's some things that you just have to do right now because they're so urgent and probably important, or maybe they're not important, but they've just suddenly become urgent. 
And then the third thing are the things that you are just nice for you to do. Okay. With that, I then go ahead to schedule those priorities. What are the priorities in that list that I've put there that I need to schedule? So going with Stephen Covey's quote, schedule the priorities. And there is a beautiful book I read growing up. Uh, or maybe I'd already grown up. <laughs> I was an adult when I read this, Eat That Frog. The first time I heard the book about the book, it was I was younger then. I'm like, eat that frog. Who wants to eat a frog? And then I realized that that was procrastination. And soon became more aware that there are certain things that we need to do, but because they are so uncomfortable, unpleasant, maybe hard, we say, oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And those are the things that are so important that we push later, later until they become a big problem. Those are the frogs we need to eat. And those are the things you prioritize and schedule in. Okay. So when you schedule that in, it's like ready to be done. Okay. As mothers, we have different phases. Of course, we have mothers who have young children and with our young children, unfortunately, um, we can't really plan so much because <laughs> the children can say, no, I'm going to play today. No, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow at 12 o'clock, which is my usual um, nap time, I'm going to stay awake. So even if you are scheduled something for 12 o'clock, <laughs> it's not going to work. So of course that can be a little challenging. That's where you need to be flexible. You need to tap into your um, flexibility and flow as a woman which is what we do very well at. But for some reason, because of the conditioning of society, we have become very uh, masculine in our energy way. It's going to be done now at this time. If it's not done now, everything will fall apart. No, we don't need that. We need to be able to go with the flow, okay? And allow ourselves and give ourselves permission. Okay, so these are the things that you can do when it comes to getting tasks done. Now, there's very important thing I need to mention, especially for us professional jugglers who don't get paid, okay? Uh, I didn't learn how to juggle when I was younger. Um, and really, I think it wasn't until I met my brain coach that he talked about the benefits of juggling. And I kind of, well, I, I still throw things about the place. I'm not juggling. I'm just throwing and catching the ball, really. So when it comes to our role, especially as mothers, there are sometimes we need to kind of do things simultaneously because that's the only way to get things done within the limited time frame that we have. But before we get into that, I want to teach us one thing that is so crucial and it's very important for us. It is what we call time blocks. These blocks of time can be five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, and we can incorporate these times into our scheduled day. These time blocks are to have nothing. They are that kind of situation and they call them well-being blocks. These well-being blocks are supposed to keep us having those moments of relaxing, whether you're breathing or you're going to just close your eyes and have a bit of a siesta, or maybe you're just going to do a few star jumps, or you're going to get a, get a drink of water. Whatever that well-being thing is for you, you need to schedule that in. You need to put it in. The good thing about this is that sometimes you don't need to 
take the whole, say, 30 minutes you had scheduled in. Maybe if you feel like, oh, yeah, okay, I've had a bit of a break now at 15 minutes, you can get back and say, okay, I'll have another 15 minutes later, or you can break it up. There is that flow and that flexibility you can do. And once you've done that, you know that you're not just going to be going, 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 and doing, 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 but you're going to find those little well-being blocks to breathe, to hydrate, to stretch, to dance, to sleep. These are so important for our well-being as we're juggling things all around the place. Okay, fabulous. So when we're talking about our ability to combine two different tasks, it's so important that we think about, is this uh, mind or brain intensive? I'll use brain for this one. Is it a brain intensive task? or is it a muscle intensive task? Now I'm going to share this in a very, um, maybe a, a bit of a, um, a very common way of putting it. And I hope you understand. You see, there are certain things that are very brain intensive. Perhaps you have an essay to write. I, I had um, a recent, I had a recent event. And um, as I am, I, I like to study, I like to do things. And because I'm constantly studying and doing things and moving on and trying to learn, I find it that sometimes I'm doing courses or I'm writing an essay or writing a paper and all that is brain intensive. Or I'm preparing for a lecture I'm going to deliver to my medical students. That is brain intensive. And because it's brain intensive, I know that there's a certain level of concentration that is required. When I'm writing an essay and preparing for my students, those are two different things. I'm writing an essay or writing an academic paper. That is going to be different from me preparing um, the lecture for my students. And for that reason, I don't combine both of them. They might be similar tasks, but I don't combine them. Rather. I would look at my muscle um, tasks, okay? So we've talked about the brain tasks, those ones that are more requiring your thinking ability, strategy and planning. All those things are brain ones. The muscle ones are, I'm driving to go and buy foods in the shop. I am going to do some meal preparation. I'm going to cook. So I'm not saying that you don't need your brain work for cooking. But if, you, if it's something you do quite habitually, you really don't have to look at the um, <laughs> manual for you to know what to put in your food. You don't need to look at the recipe again. You just kind of go automatically. So it's very muscle movement uh, achievable and you can get it done. And for that reason, I tend to combine the muscle task with some brain tasks. I had a deadline to submit um, a paper and I was writing this paper. You know, it's kind of papers and this might bore some people. Uh, this kind of papers that you need to kind of get references and structure them in a certain way. Maybe you'd be having like up to 30 to 50 references and you're quoting and you're so paraphrasing and oh, it can be hard work. But this is something I needed to do. And there was a deadline and I was approaching that deadline because I've been doing little at a time building up to that. So this was the final period. And I'd said, look, I'm completing this work today and I need to get it done. 
But it was the weekend and I was working on that. It got to a point when I was doing the work that I said, my brain is tired and I need to take a break. <laughs> so it hadn't even reached my 25 minutes. I think I was in the flow. And I think at that point, I just got carried away. And when I took a break, I knew I needed more than five minutes to help to get my mind and my brain to kind of, <laughs> uh, kind of get back into the rhythm. And for me to do that, I said, okay, I need to do some meal prep. It's the weekend. Why don't I cook some soup, make my jollof rice, and get my uh, <laughs> food ready? So there I was, now washing <laughs> the rice, putting the soup on, getting things, blending this. I did not seem to think to do that. So at the end of the day, what was I doing? I was completing two tasks in that kind of balanced time. In that period where I knew that I wasn't going to use my brain so much to think, I was using my muscle to do. That is one way by which you can juggle. That is one way by which you can kind of have a downtime. And you know what I did, which is very important? I put in a well-being activity there. Do you know what the well-being activity was? Dancing. I put music on. I was cooking my food and dancing. So there I was having a great time, elevating my, doing movement, of course. Physical movement is really good, keeps the blood pumping. But also I was uplifting my soul with the music and enjoying myself. But then I was cooking. And that allowed me that at the end of the day, when I had put all the food stuff together and put it on the fire, I had begiri soup cooking on one. I had jollof rice on the other one. And I had red stew. <laughs> For those who perhaps don't know what that is, don't worry. When we talk about food, and I love food, I can explain to you what each food is. And then we'll talk about that a bit more. So I had those going on the fire. And I just left, washed my hands, went back, and I was ready to deal with that essay. I was ready to write that, continue to write that paper, to edit and go through. And I was able to get a lot done. At the end of it, I was able to come out and say, oh, okay, let me go check what's, up, what's cooking. I stopped, I checked, and had a little bit of a, another hydration break. And there, came back and continued what I was doing. This is such an important thing because we will need to juggle. There are some times when perhaps, okay, with, you've got young children, you might see that, oh, my children are doing their homework, but they need me. Mommy, can I do this? Mommy, I don't understand this. Mommy, <laughs> what is two plus two? <laughs> you know, those kind of things. Your children will need you. That is not the time for you to combine your children doing their homework with you doing something that needs your brain. That is the time to combine it with the muscle work as opposed to a brain work, okay? So that's the time that you might say, okay, my children are doing their homework. They're going to need me every now and again. Why don't I do the dishes? My children are going to need me. Why don't I, um, I don't know, sort out the houseplants? Those are certain things that we can do. And by the time we get those things done, we are also helping our children as well. Now, juggling is something that we tend to do a lot. But like I said, those well-being blocks, you need to observe them. 
you need to remember them and you need to use them. In addition to those well-being blocks, some of the things that people have been asking, so what do I do during those well-being blocks? I've mentioned some before. You can decide you want to sit down and do some breath work. Breathing is so important. It doesn't have to be fancy, okay? Just sit down and make sure you're breathing deeply and fully. Ensure that you're experiencing the full range of your nostrils being more flared so that the air can come in. You're feeling the air as it goes through your nostrils. We are feeling the chest rise as you breathe. I talked about this, this mindful breathing in my best-selling book, Every Mom is a Super Mom. So if you're thinking, oh, okay, what's the process of it? There are There is a, a chapter there that is kind of expressing the mindful things we can do. You can also stay in a, stand, in a state of mindful listening. That also is described in that chapter. And there you can also eat mindfully where you're feeling all the textures. You are appreciating the smell of the food. You're appreciating all these very important elements that make our, us who we are as mothers. These well-being breaks are so important and they are so key to our health and our well-being. This is one thing that you and I can do so that we are not just doing, 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 boy, we are taking moments out to be. Other things that you can do, of course, hydrate. We are made of, of a good proportion of water. And every moment as we breathe, as we walk around, if the weather is hot, you're losing a lot more water. You need to replace what you're losing. Nutrition is so important. And it's not just about the quantity. It's about the quality. Most importantly, the quality of the food. And also when you are eating. Okay. I know sometimes there are some of us, and I, I, I am like that too as well. Like I mentioned before, I love food. So sometimes that we just eat and we snack in between every two minutes, we are looking for something to pop in our mouths. That may not be the best for us. So let, why don't we pick snacks, pick foods that fill us up? And especially as women, especially when you're going through the changes, you need to start considering protein foods. They are helpful when it comes to helping with our um, body structure and our muscular architecture and all that. And very importantly, fat is a good brain food. Okay, I'm talking about healthy fats. So if you're looking for things to snack on, olives are great, nuts are great. And they produce their own oils and their fat. And so they help us with our concentration. They help us with our nutrition. They help us with our metabolism. And it's so key. Another very important thing is limit distractions. There was a study that was carried out and it showed that when you are doing a task and you get distracted, it takes you uh, quite a while to get back into, oh, what was I doing before? So for that reason, if you've got like some dings and dongs and notifications and you're doing a brain-focused work, make sure that you put them off. I know that there are sometimes that maybe I might forget that I had an alarm set and then I start to hear the buzz. I'm like, oh no, let's put that off. <laughs> that has happened to me many times. And 
sometimes when I maybe download a new app or put something uh, new that I'm trying to explore, you might have sometimes when they go, oh, would you like notifications? My usual default answer is no. I don't want dings and bings. Notifications are, can be a distraction. Yes, they keep you aware of you know, what to do, when to do it, but they can be a distraction when you're in, when you're in a flow state. Another very important thing when you're talking about distractions is sometimes your children can you know, interrupt you in your process of doing what you're doing. When your children are a bit older, maybe not the toddlers that when you tell them mommy needs to work on something, they don't, they don't understand as much and they just keep you know, jumping on mommy's head. So when they are older, you can tell them, oh, mommy needs to work from this time to this time on this particular task. Would you be able to do? And you set them something that they could do in that time, something creative, whether it's to draw, to paint, to build something and tell them. So when, and you can also set a timer for them. So when the thing dings and they finished or whatever, they can come to you and say, mommy, look what I built. Look what I drew. So you are helping yourself and you're helping your children to be disciplined and focused with what they are doing, but also to be able to um, know that distraction and interruptions are, can be avoided when you set these particular tools and put these tips into use. Now, one of my very important things that I like to share here is the use of technology. Some parents have said to me, oh, Dr. Duny, I don't know what to do. I have lots to do. And I don't know with my children constantly there, especially on school holidays, weekends, they are just distracting and they, they, they're hungry all the time and they need me all the time and I can't focus. And so I just decided I'm just going to put them in front of the television or I'm just going to put them in front of an iPad or something. Um, now, of course, there are time, there's a time for everything. I know how challenging it can be, especially when you're trying to get things done. But having your children being babysat by television uh, or being babysat by um, devices can be harmful. Uh, one very important thing I would like to draw your attention to is what is being put on television. Sometimes we don't have power or control over it. There was a day I was having my hair done. And I mean, I've said this many times. I don't tend to watch television. Most of the time when I watch television is maybe a movie night or a program I watch with my children. And I've done that for a very long time now. But the only time I kind of watch television outside of my normal uh, activities and day to day is when I'm having my hair done. And that's because when I do my braids, my braids could take up to five, six hours to get done. And so, of course, that's a long time. <laughs> and so when I when I do my hair, that's maybe the only time that I get exposed to the television. So I'm not actively watching, but sometimes I kind of say, OK, let this be my downtime to watch a couple of, you know, shows or whatever is on. Now, sometimes the television might be tuned to a so-called safe channel, but you will not believe the kind of things that pop up the kind of advertisements that come in between. And I'm just like, what if a child was watching this by themselves and they see these things pop up and they get confused and they don't know whether to ask you or not to ask you. And then they start to experiment. It is scary. And so for that reason, I'm very cautious as to how long 
my children stay on devices and what they are exposed to as well. Now, of course, don't get me wrong. I can't be there all the time. They will pick up certain things. It's just the same way you and I picked up certain things. And perhaps later we discovered, oh, that's not a good thing to pick up, <laughs> you know? So these are lessons that we learned. We just need to give ourselves the grace and allow ourselves to experience these things, but forgive ourselves if we feel that we are responsible for what has come forth as a result of that. So back to the use of technology, limit the time that you have your children being babysat by these um, technological devices, but you can use that to your own uh, benefit actually. So for your children, there are some very um, child-friendly applications and computer programs that help with their creativity. So they're not watching people who have set a, a scene for them. They are creating a scene. They are creating an activity. I'll give you an example. My son watches um, and plays Roblox. Now, Roblox, of course, they have their certain games that they play and all that. And sometimes, actually, I joined them to play Roblox because I wanted to know what it was, was all about. Anyway, so, but my son, I also know, has certain talents and certain gifts. So when he was talking about, oh, mommy, I'm going to play Roblox. Oh, mommy, this is Roblox. I said, come. Do you know that this Roblox, they have games, though? She said, he said, yes, mommy. Yes, mommy. They do have games. I said, good. Have you thought perhaps it would be a good idea to look at how to develop a game on Roblox? <laughs> and he goes, hmm. Now, thankfully, I have a son that likes to think. And I have a son that when you say something, he would think about it and maybe process it. He might not agree with you immediately, but later he will start to see your reasoning behind it. So at the end of the day, I said, you know what? One of those days when I was doing serious brain work, I set up the computer and I said, go to work. You're right beside me. Let me be doing my work on this side. You'll be doing that on that side. Why don't you build something? And if you get stuck, why don't you look, for, I showed him how to research and ask questions and get those things. And if you get stuck, let me know. Do you know, this child went ahead and built a game. <laughs> and he got so engrossed in it that he was working on the thing and he was really enjoying himself. And by the end of the day, he was so proud that he had built a game on Roblox. The reason why I share this is that there are so many creative applications that we can tap into. And this can help us to improve our children's creativity. Because yes, there is school, but school does not do so much for our children. Because of course, there are many children in the class. And also, children have their different abilities. And also, it's a restricted period of time that they have at school. So there's not much. And then there's the curriculum they have to cover. So it's so important for us to recognize the talents of our children and use technology to improve that um, creativity or even use other means to improve that creativity that they have. That's for the children. For you and I, professional jugglers, <laughs> what we can do is technology can also be used to um, automate our tasks. Now, this is very important because there are so many tasks that we do, but there are some things that can be put on repeat. So when this comes, this comes and takes it away and carries it somewhere else. You can automate that. You can delegate to technology things that you can utilize. A lot of advancements have gone on. We have artificial intelligence now. There are some things that would have taken us like 20 minutes to do, we can get that done in less than five seconds. 
Isn't that fantastic? So we need to tap into that technology and use it wisely. Tap into the technology and use it for our own good. Let it not be a distraction. Let it be something that is augmenting and improving our productivity. Um, when it comes to using technology, that definitely is something we need to work on and learn from because there are some technological um, devices and applications that might be useful to help us, but sometimes they might have some other element that might be tricky. With that, we need to learn which one works for us, keep it. The ones that don't, get rid. Okay. So remember that the juggling continues and it is okay that it happens, but it's also okay if you let some of those balls drop. We are juggling rubber balls. We are juggling glass balls. There are some that can drop. Some rubber balls can drop. Sometimes I've had to explain to my children, I'm so sorry. You like to do this activity. It's great. I love it. But you see, you can't continue to do this activity because it does this, 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 this. And with everything else you're doing, looking at the sphere of things, this is not a top priority. So then you are teaching them how to prioritize, not in the short term alone, but in the long term as well. So this is what we do, especially as jugglers. And I hope you found some interesting points, tips, tools, strategies in today's session. I am Dr. Duny. I look forward to hearing from you. Please go ahead, share this. Join the community because this is what we talk about and how we can provide accountability. I'll also make available to you the planner, which you can also make use of. That will be coming up shortly. So keep your eyes peeled and you'll be able to join the community. Don't forget in the show notes, there are ways by which you can connect with me on social media, check out my website and also stay in touch. It is my intention that all of you feel well, stay productive. And even when you feel exhausted, take some time to rest. It is nice to rest even when you don't feel exhausted. Don't get to that point where you're getting to stress, exhaustion and burnout. Until next time, I ask that you stay well. Mm -hmm.